Welcome to Employco's HR Podcast. My name is Rob Wilson, and with me, as usual, is my partner, Scott Wilson. Hello. And our Vice President of HR, Jason Eisenhut. Hi, everyone. And working the board, Nikki Navarro. So thanks for joining us again this week. This week's topic is the uh, has been in the, uh, lot over the media the last couple of uh, months, the minimum wage, uh, the increase across the country, and uh, country, county, cities, and state. And you're seeing them go into effect at different times. So, but July 1st, we figured this would be a good topic because a lot of them did kick into effect July 1st. Right. Some recently in the media, they were just passed, like in Minneapolis, where it won't go into effect until January. But there's been several across the across the country that have uh, that were passed last year in January 1st, but they didn't go effect in, until uh, the last couple of weeks. So it's created some confusion across the country of uh, of what the current pay is. The, and the federal minimum wage hasn't been hiked since 2009, but like, like Rob and Scott have mentioned, it's the, the state and local levels have been seeing a flurry of activity either being considered or changes have been put into effect. So the first minimum wage, uh, Jason, in the U.S. goes back to 1938? Yeah, and even before that, New Zealand was the first country to pass a minimum wage law, and that was the year 1894. Uh, but yes, in the U.S., 1938, as part of the Fair Labor Standards Act, <clears throat> the uh, the president included a minimum wage law that affected basically most Americans at and it was a pretty low in number back then at twenty five cents an hour, which in today's dollars it, it comes out to about three dollars and fifty one cents when you adjust for inflation. Inflation, wow. And then uh, you know, like over over the course of the years, the next increase after that wasn't until the mid fifties or so. Yeah, there there have been twenty two increases over the past since since the first one went into effect in 1938. Um, but fairly minor increases, maybe as some opponents or proponents of minimum wage increases would say it hasn't kept up with inflation. But generally, if you increase the minimum wage 22 times, that, that's a flurry of activity. And like we've said, the last time has been 2009, uh, which we're now set at $7.25. Right, and that was a big topic in the in the election this past uh, past year. When it hasn't been increased since 2009 at seven and a quarter, there's been talk: Do you go to ten? And what that number is? Nothing's happened on the federal. I don't. I don't see anything happening this year on the federal side. Washington's too big of a mess to uh, to get anything done, let alone change the uh, federal minimum wage. Yeah, they're pretty much not doing much as far as moving anything forward. So I don't see anything on that front whatsoever. Right. I look back and the largest gap between minimum wage increases was 2000, 1997 to 2007. So in 1997, the minimum wage was $5.15. 2007, it was raised to $5.85. So that 10-year gap was the largest in U.S. history. Before that, there was a, a nine-year gap from 81 to 90. But generally, there every couple of years, there is a uh, period of time, I think in the 70s, that was being increased every year. But yeah, we're since 2009, and we're at like eight years about now. It's probably somewhat getting close to the time where the government will take a look at Historically, it. Historically, sure. Yeah. The uh, and there's there's a lot of exceptions to the rule. When you look at uh, hospitality industry, the anybody that receives tips, they don't have to. The minimum wage doesn't apply to uh, to tipped employees or younger workers where uh, I, I believe it's under age 20? At the federal level, it's under age 20. In Illinois, it's 18. But, yeah, if, you, if at a federal level, if the state doesn't have a law that specifically talks about youth workers, the federal level says under age 20, in the first 90 days, you can pay them $4, or, yeah, $4.25. So in Illinois, uh, you were saying earlier off mic that it's 825 is the minimum. 
and the, the, the state wage, minimum wage in Illinois is $8.25, but for youth workers, you can pay them 50 cents less. So if you're eight, under 18, you can, your minimum wage would be $7.75. And that's where it becomes an, an HR issue from a compliance standpoint, because you've got, you've got the federal law at, uh, at seven and a quarter. It can apply to, to younger workers. Then you've got the county just in, uh, in our area, Cook County, just raised the, uh, the, just raised the minimum wage. And we had clients contact us saying, well, does that apply you know, to, to youth workers? And Cook County's was somewhat vaguely written, and then it, it defaulted to the state. Right. So then the state overrides the feds. So you've got, you know, you've got the federal, the state, the county, the cities. And even in Cook County, there were municipalities that were passing opt-out or opt-in laws up until June 30th because the law started July, 30, July 1st. So... I mean, we, yeah, we've got clients, and, and it makes it even harder for multi-location clients that have employees and locations in multiple counties, multiple cities, multiple states. Especially if those employees move location to right, location, right. which we have clients who do that. Right. So. so right now there's 29 states plus Washington, D.C. that have minimum wages higher than the federal level. Mm -hmm. And the, uh, there's 14 states have the same minimum wage, and there's two states that set the minimum wage less than the federal level yeah and when that happens like with georgia and wyoming if your state laws say your minimum wage is less than the federal level than the federal level whatever is higher so that the state although they have let's say five dollar minimum wage because this the federal level is at seven dollars and 25 cents those state employees adhere to the the higher federal level mm -hmm. right so from a compliance standpoint it becomes an issue of uh of what rate applies so from a statistics standpoint, Jason, you've got a uh, minimum wage. It's a big topic right now. We've, we've been on a variety of, uh, of radio interviews where people are talking about, well, it's the, you know, why don't you lower the, you know, why isn't the zillionaire CEO of XYZ company, why don't they just take some of his money away and not talk about the minimum wage? But when you, when you get into some statistics of how big of a percentage the, the, the population is that's at minimum wage, it's, right. not as, it's not as big of a percentage as you would think. No, I mean, less than 2% of the U.S. population is at or below minimum wage. <clears throat> it's actually, I think, at 1.8% of the U.S. population. And then when you look at a lot of those workers might be receiving tips, it's probably even a smaller percentage than that. So if it's around 2 million, 1 to 2 million workers that are actually, with, when you include tips, below minimum wage or at minimum wage, it's a very small proportion of the U.S. population that we're talking about. Well, and some, and along those lines, some employers are voicing to us um, issues of, say, if minimum wage is, say, in Cook County, $10 an hour, they have employees that are now getting that being bumped up to 10 Well, what about the employee that was at 10 Then you bump them up to 12 Right. And it's a trickle effect of all the way up. Right. Know, when you look at the trickle up effect of you've got people that are at, and when it goes to 15, so you've got someone right now that's at $15 an hour that says, I'm $5, or in, in Illinois, I'm $7 higher than minimum wage. When minimum wage goes up to, to that level at 15, then I, I should be at 20. Right. Or I should be at 22. So you've got, as that's going all the way and up. And that is a valid concern of employers. I mean, these are not giant corporations these are you know small 10 to 15 employee companies where that actually affects their bottom line and ability to operate right, and, we, and employees talk i mean generally oh, yeah. people know okay i think frank the floor sweeper janet the receptionist is making 
$8.25. We talk because she complained. So people generally have a good idea of what their coworkers are making. Right? Sure. So recently, the University of Washington did a study, released a study on, on the effect in Seattle of the minimum wage increase. And it was some interesting findings. One of the um, couple of, of the glaring issues were uh, the the of the hours worked, there was a 9% reduction by businesses in the hours worked for minimum wage employees, which resulted in an average minimum wage worker lost $125 a month. From Wow. And so that's if even if they kept their job. Right. And they uh, uh, the, the study also showed that without the law, there would have been roughly 5,000 more jobs in, in Seattle. Hmm. So... The, uh, and that brings up the argument of the city versus the suburbs. As, uh, as that increases, uh, the wages increase in Seattle, as it is in Cook County versus DuPage County, the, as your costs go up, uh, Seattle has seen that, that is, there's less jobs there. You know, when, when you go to buy that, you know, your wages are less expensive in Tacoma. Are you going to buy your pizza in Tacoma, or are you going to buy your pizza in Seattle? Because at some point... Your, as your wages go up, you're you know, no different than you know, your hamburger place and your, your cost of meat goes up. You, you have to raise your prices. And at what point does that pizza or burger become too expensive? Right. And in our market in Chicago, it's, you know, my wife's from downstate Illinois. And one of the first things when she came up here is, wow, you could cross street. And not only are you in a different town, you're in a different county. And it just the borders right. cut through some of these towns. So you look at the uh, city of Chicago's 2.7 million people, but all of Cook County's 5.2 million people. Well, then you can throw in another couple million, maybe even three or four million between the other Collar counties. Mm-hmm. So you have towns like uh, Elk Grove Village where you cross the street and you're paying a dollar eighty more for a 12-pack of soda if the soda tax, they're, debate, they're trying to repeal it now. But that's the same thing with the wage. So say you have a shop or whatever, you've got increased wage, increased tax then do you buy it from the store across the street that's cheaper? Right, so you're in Elk Grove Village. Uh, using it as a great example, you buy that 12-pack of soda on uh, on the Cook County side or the DuPage side. You're right. going to go to the DuPage side. And you had talked earlier about the pizza place. You right. Know? It, and then as we're seeing in, in towns that where you've opted out of it in Cook County, uh, the challenge there is that a lot of those businesses still have to are paying the increased wage because uh, as they're trying to attract you know, good employees, that employee is going to work where they can get the, the most amount of hourly sure. wage. Sure. You have an employee that works in Chicago. We're located west of the city where the minimum wage is the state level at 825. If they live in Chicago at 11, then do they just stay in their area and make 11 an hour opposed to driving out into the burbs and making, you know, substantially less right without, it, without a commute? And when you look at so the long-term wage effect, it's yet to be seen. But there's you know there's there's large companies that are uh, trying to reduce the number of employees they have. Uh, one uh, one in particular, they were trying to reduce their their headcount by ten percent because their wages are going up and they want their products still viable from a uh, from a consumer standpoint. Well, you saw that with the uh, fuel service charge when gas rates were through the roof. I mean, we do a ton of shipping, doing payroll. We do a lot of overnight. And it wasn't out of the uh, range of things to have a 10% increase or a 20% increase when fuel, and it was a fuel service charge. Now, granted, they're slow to take it off, but quick to put it on. You know, you have to, if if you've got a flat rate for business offering services, you have to make cuts somewhere. 
So then, whether it's <laughs> taxes going up or wages going up or fuel going up, you know, the business has to operate at a certain level. And that and that business owner, if they it's a widget maker, a manufacturer, maybe they've been considering a machine that automates the process. So this might yeah. be the incentive. Okay, I'm going to put down the ten thousand dollars to buy the widget maker automated machine, and now I'm going to only need one skilled manager to operate the machine, and I can lay off ten workers that were just doing widgets by hand. And when you go into McDonald's, how many McDonald's do you go into now that you have to order at a kiosk? Yeah. Right? You don't even talk to a person. They've got one person delivering food. They just got rid of all the cashiers. Well, and they're also coming out with, like, the burger cooking machines and stuff where you're going to have one person load in the meat product and hit cook, and that's it. You have an operator. So, yeah, it's not, not good for the everyday worker, but corporations work on, you know, that same line. Right, and you're seeing that more in the larger corporations. You're not going to go into your local burger joint and have be ordering for or a pizza kiosk, place, right? Or a pizza place. Yeah. You know, it's still you know, the small businesses don't have the uh, the you know the the assets to spend on that technology. And that's where we get a bunch of calls from that range of like under fifty employees. Granted, we do all the way up to you know large employees, but you do get, you do hear it more from the small businesses. So I think the uh, you know, what we're seeing right now is it's a challenge on the HR side of you've got the federal, the state, the county, the city, which supersedes which, uh, and some are silent on youth. Some are, you know, Minneapolis, they're doing a 90-day study if they should allow lower wages for, for uh, younger workers. So it's, it, it's a challenge right now for, uh, for companies to figure out who, who, which rule, which law supersedes the other. Yeah, and that's where, again, it's... You look at the Cook County law where it doesn't reference, uh, you know, underage workers or people under 18, they default to the state. I mean, it would be in the best interest if lawmakers could actually be more defined. You know, it would definitely help businesses out. This is this is our profession. This is our job. So we're tracking minimum wage all the time, and we're helping our clients all the time with minimum wage and advising on changes and updates and what's coming down. Our system can flag when an employee has paid under minimum wage. So luckily we're staying on top of it, but it's hard for the mom and pop businesses it's out hard there. Hard for them to budget, right? And stay on top of it too, right? Yeah, right. Because uh, most of these laws are are far reaching. They're it's not a one time wage. It's a dollar an hour. You know, Cook County, it's a dollar an hour every year until it hits that level, right. and then it's going to be cost of living. So it's you're you're changing your payroll systems uh, pretty often. Yeah, so. we're doing now as often as we do tax updates, which is close to. Every four, four or five days, we have tax updates. Um, it's the same thing now with wages. It's all, all staying on top of it. Great topic. It, uh, there's other studies out there that uh, we expect to be released in the fall, as far as the effects in different uh, different cities, cities, you know, uh, areas like Washington D.C., uh, Minneapolis. It's uh, the, the new law is going to effect. So it'd be uh, be interesting to see what the what the long term effect is. Yeah, okay. I, I think as municipalities. Uh, pay for their own studies, and it's not Republican or Democrat and skewed and biased. I think as municipalities or independent researchers do more of these studies, it'll help companies and businesses and and even consultants kind of uh, help advise on what's the best course. If raising minimum wage really does hurt the economy, or does it, or does it hurt the average worker, a low skilled worker, or small businesses? The more of these studies, the out the better. Yeah, I think the you know, my two cents 
federal and state level is the is the most effective way to go because it doesn't you don't have the issue like Elk Grove Village, the county, the city, uh, someone working in Chicago versus suburbs. And if it was on a state level, it would be you know everybody's on the same playing field, so you're not uh, it's not one town against another. Yeah, and I agree, that, especially from a business standpoint. And if you have any comments or questions, you could reach out to us. Um, we have info at employco.com. We also have HR at employco.com. Um, and then we're on all the various social medias, uh, at employco on Twitter, and we've got a Facebook page and everything. So even if you're not a client and you have a question, we'd love to answer it. Um, and you can reach us at our website at employco, E-M-P-L-O-Y-C-O dot com. Thanks for joining us. We'll uh, tune in next time for our next podcast. Thanks. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.